0: Uh, it's time to be joined by our next guest, and it's Merrick Watts. Good morning to you, Maz. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Yeah, going very well. Going very well. You say you're just pulling over in Halls Gap. What are you doing out in that part of uh, the country, my friend?
1: Uh, there's the Grape Escape Wine Festival's on this weekend, and I'm uh, a part of it. I was emceeing yesterday. I'm doing a little bit of emceeing today, and then I'm uh, actually doing a, um, a uh, my show, my live show, the uh, The Idiot's Guide to Wine. So I'll be doing that this afternoon, which is my comedy festival show. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do that this afternoon. Just hang out. It is absolutely freezing here. Uh, I mean, it's a different. I got up this morning to go for a run. What 16k? What a weapon! Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was it was three degrees. Yeah, it was three degrees. And I I packed a singlet and a pair of shorts, and I went. You don't even know what you're doing, son. So anyway, I've, I'm in I'm in good spirits and ready to go for the day.
0: Was there significant nipple chafing this morning on the run? Then with that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Seriously, it's very funny you should say that because I actually bought Band-Aids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put some Band-Aids on my little nips today because it... It's so cold that they go like diamond cutters.
2: <laughs> you would have done the full twenty one if, if not for
0: that, hey. Oh
1: yeah absolutely. yeah, absolutely. I did. I did a half marathon a couple of weeks ago, and they were very sensitive. Very sensitive.
0: <laughs> have you got any? Right. Um, have you got any ambition to do some of those? You know that the Ironman stuff, like the, where they do the the forty two ks after the one hundred and fifty ks on the bike after the big swing? No,
1: no. I, I am training for the uh, Gold Coast Marathon, which is in a couple of months' time. So. That I'll, I'll do that. I don't even like running. It's not even a thing that I enjoy. I don't <laughs> even know what to do. Like, one of my friends um, just said, oh, we're going to go and do the Gold Coast Marathon. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. And he said, don't be stupid. You're coming. And I went, oh, okay. And that was all I needed to do. That's why I can't. <laughs> don't ever offer me drugs. That's how easy it is. <laughs> what so, are you th- no, it's... What
2: do you it's think? There's, there's a couple balance. of fun runs going on where people run from pub to pub and, and have a beer in between. And I think there's a winery version now, possibly in yep. South Australia, where you go from cellar yep. door to cellar door, but the mo- mode of transport is running. I, that's a horrible idea.
1: Yeah, look, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> kind of curious about it, but I don't know how much you want to drink. I know that there is, there's there's the marathon in the Madoc in um, uh, France. Yep. And so, they, you know, they run through, um, uh, you know, pretty extensive wine country, and I know that they, they do actually stop and, and have little sips along the way, but I don't really know how it goes. But to be honest, I like the separation, of two. I like to do the work early and then reward myself with some wines later on.
0: 100%. Exactly. Well, that, that's the great thing about the Tour de France, you know, when they're travelling through all those wine regions and Phil Liggett or whoever it is is chatting about food and wine and, you know, Gabrielle Gatte used to come on and do it and... That was great, um, but I don't yeah. think I don't think running and, and wine goes well together. But mm-hmm. uh, you were recently over in Provence, where you're not doing a bit of bit yep. of travel stuff. What was that like for you? Yeah,
1: that was great. Um, I mean, Provence is a beautiful part of France, and it's really really nice, and you know, pretty accessible sort of wines. If I'm completely honest, I'm not a massive fan of Provence um, rosé. Yeah, um, I just find it a little bit tight and a little bit um, I don't
0: know. Wishy washy.
1: Yeah, really. Um, but I had I was in Avignon, so I had some you know beautiful uh, GSMs and some some lovely Syrah there. So it was really really nice. It's great to be you know after all the lockdowns and everything like that to be fortunate enough to be you know working in France for a period of time and tasting wines was brilliant.
0: Do you drink a lot of rosé in general though?
1: Yeah, I love it. I love rosé. I think it's just such a an underrated wine by the public. I think it's it's obviously it's gained a little bit of popularity at the moment. a little bit in vogue, but I think that it has actually still got more growth to come because it's it's very, very, as you guys know, it's a brilliant food wine. It mm. goes with so many different things. You know, if you've got somebody um, and, you know, uh, if, uh, like at a, at a barbecue or something like that and you've got an array of different foods, chances are rose will go with all of them.
0: You mm. know, you
1: can have a Thai salad and it will go with it. You could have... Barbecue chops and sausages, and it'll go with it. It'll go with pretty much anything.
0: And the uh, the chicken twisties and rosé, of course. I oh, know that's Chardonnay, isn't it? No, Chardonnay, um, Ro- Chardonnay and chicken twisties. So <laughs> when it comes to French rosé, though, are you familiar with the wines from Bandol? Are you a fan of those?
1: Yeah, they're, well, they're a, they're a different kettle of fish, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, and uh, the Bandol ones, are. you know, they're a lot more textural and they're a lot more powerful and they're a lot more, you know, for me, a lot more inviting. Yeah. So well, it's... Like you say, it's the peachy, wishy-washy ones that look like they're almost, you know, transparent. I just don't, and I find them just the the ass clip on them. I'm not a big fan.
0: Well, there are a, quite a lot of celebrity rosés coming out of Provence too. So um... yeah, none of them are good.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, no, nah, there is actually some of them are okay.
0: The post Malone so, one's pretty good, actually. How do I not know about this? Maison Maison <laughs> number nine. Uh, that's actually yeah, it's actually pretty good. It came in a really like wank, uh, really <laughs> ostentatious uh, sort of looking bottle, and I opened it. It's about forty three bucks. I opened it for a bit of a lark at work, and it uh, actually was it was quite good. But yeah, you know, when it comes to you know domain Dot and pompier yep. and Gros nore and all that, you're right. It's the texture that sets them apart, and. Now ben Porte, for Dominic Porte, has made an Australian version of that too yeah, with, with a bit of barrel and you know, just... In the,
1: yeah, in the Yarra Valley. They're in the Yarra Valley, Dominic Porte. They're yeah. fantastic. They, they, make brilliant. they make a beautiful sparkling, pink sparkling as well.
0: Absolutely. Now, if you talk, if you want to talk underrated in Australia, sparkling rosé is one of the most underrated things in this country of all time.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Particularly some of those beautiful sparkling um uh, rosés that you're getting out of Tasmania are great as well. Mm. I mean, there's some stuff, um, you know, Joseph Cromie makes a great one, but there's lots in um, Launceston and northern uh, Tasmania that are making beautiful examples of, of pink, um, pink fizz. Um, but, you know, lots of different places around the country. Adelaide's making it, you know, it's kind of popping up everywhere and, and it should because it's excellent.
0: Yeah, that Kreglinger, 2017 vintage Kreglinger yes. rosé was just an absolute yes. banger. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it may have won the Halliday sparkling wine of the year last year. I think.
1: I uh, may have done too. That's excellent. So actually, I got a couple of those last week. That very Craigling is really good. Yeah. it's a very very tightly wine, and that the rosé actually I think sits like above, at least in price wise, sits above the um, uh, the the white example. So it's you know it's, it's It's a really high-quality wine. Australians need to just kind of understand that we're producing that kind of international level of quality in our own country.
0: Yeah. I was actually down at the cellar door many moons ago and this quite hoity-toity couple came in and they were like... Oh darling, we'll try the the Krellinger, and I was like, mate, it's Krellinger. They're like, no, it's Krellinger. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, that's that's one of those. Well,
1: listener calling it Klinger and thinking it's a member of the mash. the old, the old couple, Klinger <laughs>
0: wine. Well, he wouldn't. Yeah, well, he's got the nose for it. So, uh, question for you, Merrick, off the text line from Christopher says, oh, Chris. is there an Australian wine producer that he is loving that wouldn't be so well known to listeners? And then the second part is, are you hoping to do more wine shows um, at, at regional places?
1: Yes, yes and yes. I'll be doing, um, uh, I'm going to start, <coughs> excuse me, with uh, with Idiot's Guide to Wine. I'm doing shows around the country. I'm just kind of, I've done all the major cities except for Perth. I'm doing Darwin. I'm doing everywhere. But um, I'm going to kind of finish that up towards the end of this year. And then next year, I'll probably write and produce a, um, a new festival show, which will be an Idiot's Guide to Wine too. So there's a scoop. <laughs> um, I only, only, well, I only came up with that idea of the car on the way down here. So um, <laughs> You should be uh, in marketing. Yeah, I know, right? Um, just give myself a plug, like way in advance, like way, way, way in advance.
0: Uh, and then in 2027, it'll be idiots going to wine three or four. Or, uh, yeah, maybe five oh, mate,
1: we've, we've already had a chat about that. There's, there's, there's no end to it. As you know, that's the great thing about wine. There's no end to it. Yes. So, um, uh, what am I enjoying at the moment? Uh, look, I, I'm. I've, there's lots of different stuff that people may not know about that I think is, is great. I really like Latta. L A Double T A. You guys know them. Yep. They make a, uh, a pinot gris that I really like, and I don't normally like pinot gris, but theirs theirs is really skinsy and yep. delicious. I like theirs. Um, what am I like? There's a, a one called a Giorgio Armani, which was a, a rosé that I had. It's out of South Australia, um, and it's a, kind of like a bit of a, a pistachio bottle, but it's actually very very delicious rosé. Yeah, I like that. And I like Ravensworth. I know that people are probably oh, yeah. a bit more familiar with Ravensworth because uh, Brian's work is well-known. But that is yeah. a stunning winemaker. Like, that's really good stuff. So yeah. this is three off the hand that I've had recently that I've kind of been really in, kind of impressed by. Um, but this, I, I love discovering new stuff. I've, I had yesterday, and I'm going to go back and get it today. I can't remember the name of the uh, the winery. I will, It's unfortunate I've left it, but I had a, a Torontes. So, you know, it's a South American grape yes. grown here in Australia, um, and it was just beautiful. It was a really lovely wine.
2: Yeah, good. Mer- Merrick, at the end of your tour, it's, it's obviously gone on a, a long time. Is there a bottle you've got earmarked in the cellar to, to mark the end of it?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, no, look, I, I think last year I actually celebrated with a bottle of crook, which nice. was a gift. To, yeah, I know. It was a gift to me. It's not something I'd buy. I'm a tighter. <laughs> But that was that was kind of nice to finish off the season with that. But um, I don't know. I'll probably, to be honest, I'll probably grab something out of my cellar—an old banger from um, Barossa, something like a, an old Rockford basket press, or even a Grange. Um, once I've kind of wrapped it all up, I'll, I'll sit down with my partners and and share a bottle of wine and and talk about how they're going to, you know, wheel me out for the rest of my life as a <laughs> as a wine show guy. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I do like to I do like to punctuate good moments with great wine.
2: The problem is, is if you if you wheel out the Grange, they're going to be expecting one at the end of every year now.
1: Yeah, well, that's fine. You know, <laughs> they could they also contribute to buying them, if they like. And, and I, I think it. you'll
0: find it's pronounced grangy. So. <laughs> 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 um, but, how, how many... How, what's the oldest uh, bottle of Grange that you've gone back to, Merrick? Have you had a chance to go to a recorking clinic or anything like that?
1: Uh, no, I haven't done a recorking clinic. I've been... I've, Kind of had a, a bit of a look at the wines, and they seem to be all fine as far as the cork goes. But the oldest one I've got would be a '98. I've got a '98 Grange. I think I've got a couple of those left. Yeah. Um, and I've also got '98 basket press as well. Nice. Um, so I'll probably have a look at those. I'll definitely have a look at the the basket press soon because I, I don't want to, you know, get them too tertiary and too far gone. Still want a little bit of nice fruit in there. So I'll have a look at those and, and polish those up. But to be honest, like I just, I actually sell it a lot less than I used to. I'm drinking different types of wines. I still yeah. like to go back and drink those big, massive reds. I enjoy those uh, from time to time. But I'm seeking out a lot, lot lighter, fresher wines as I kind of you know, mature. I like things like you know, Joven-style um, Grenache I really love. I love Grenache as a, mm. as a great variety, but particularly when it's in that kind of Joven-juicy kind of plump style, I really enjoy that. And those McLaren Vale Blue at Springs examples and, and stuff from the Barossa Valley, I like those. And kind of carbonic. Macerated kind of versions of those wines I really enjoy.
0: Have you tried any of the wines from Seven Eves, Merrick?
1: Seven Eves, no. Seven I Eves. Don't
0: think I have. I reckon you like them. That's the Macclesfield single vineyard stuff from Adelaide Hills, but just yep. there's a carbonic macerated. Like like um, Pinot Gris that's like dirty and skinsy and feral and fabulous. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. makes yeah, it makes a really good. We well, had the guys on the show uh, maybe six weeks ago, but very good Pinot Noir and and a whole bunch you know sort of stemmy, kind of stalky, kind of Euro style. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think they're really good, but they they're not hiding behind the weirdness. You know, you can still see varietal definition in them, and there's no bad yeah. fruit. So it's like it's you've got to make a decision to make wine like that, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, and look, it's it, you start playing in a really interesting territory there on what you're going to be able to, you know, enjoy drinking yourself as a winemaker in your kind of, you know, closer group and what is actually going to be accessible for the greater community because I, I really, I like some bunch in the wine, yeah. but sometimes when it gets, if you get it wrong and it's a bit green and a bit stalky, yeah. it, can be, it can be a bit off-putting and I think for, um, you know, the average punter, they might not understand what that flavour profile is mm. and they might not like it. You know, I know some people who when they as soon as they get a bit bunchy and they don't like that wine.
0: And of course the the very famous Australian example of that, and just bad timing, was the launch of the Thousand Candles brand. So, mm. you know, you had um, Bill Downey making the wines, who's one of the mm. great one of the greats, and you had Stewie Proud who's one of the great viticulturalists and it was the field blend. Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Noir, Shiraz, whole bunch ferment, co ferment. From 2011, and mm-hmm. it was just so green, and it was just, and it was 120 bucks, and it was just bad timing because the 12s and the 13s were amazing, but the 11s were, they were, oh, that was hard work. Yeah,
1: it's a, it look, at you, like it's a bit of a tightrope sometimes for yeah. that sort of stuff.
0: Well, I think um, I think and, and it's, even, it's also a, even
1: great people can be undone by it.
0: Yeah and it, and it, but it becomes dogmatic so it's like I do this because that's what I do rather than yeah, this yeah. is what the vintage and the vineyard gives me and and I think yeah, that's yeah. that's the difference now that I'm a bit older I like to drink wines that that are just sort of a bit more relaxed Rancho relaxo yeah. you know I still yeah. want I still want the power and the structure but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be about you know it, about it being big for its own sake um, now, yeah. Merrick, are you doing um, grapes of mirth up in Queensland at some point soon? Did I did I yeah, see that somewhere?
1: Yeah, we are. We're doing. Um, we're going Troppo. It's, we're doing something with Brown Brothers because they're one of our, um, our long standing partners and fantastic people. So they're going up to to Queensland to Townsville to Cluton Park. Um, in uh, it is in July something something. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean go to our website. I think it's I mean, <laughs> Hang Yeah, I'll get on
0: Instagram yeah, and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Please help
1: me out. Yeah, yeah. help me out with my own clothes. <laughs> but it's already look, it's it's an interesting, interesting thing Because 'cause we're like, well there's no wines when we first started talking about it, they go, There's no wine in in Townsville. I go, Yeah, but Brown brothers are taking it there and we'll just take the comedians and we'll just have a great time. It'll be fantastic. Same sort of premise. But like in winter there is nowhere like like I told you, I'm in Hall's Gap at the moment and it is four degrees. Yeah. Um, and you know, good on everybody for coming out to the grape escape and having a bit of a go at it, but I'd rather be sitting on um, on the lawn uh, a beautiful green grass on a picnic rug having a glass of rosé, thanks. <laughs> yeah. so, a glass yeah, of Bundle, Bundle rosé of course. Yeah, um, Bundle rosé. So
0: grapesofmirth.com.au this Saturday yeah. the 15th of July 15th. at, yeah, at Cluden Park in Townsville, so Dave yep. Thornton, Nick Cody, Daniel Walker, Luke Heggie, Chris Ryan, your good self and DJ Pedro Moshman. So, are yeah, those guys, Are they all into wine too, or is it just comedy show with wine up there?
1: No, do you know what? It's like people are—they're actually quite into it. What's been really interesting over the last couple of years is how many comedians have really started to appreciate wine. I love it. Like we don't try to preach or or, to, or even teach. We just try to get them around it. But now they're starting to really enjoy wine and see see wine, which is kind of what we want everyone to do with grapes yeah. and mirth. It's about. Our, our purpose is to bring people to wine let them make their own decisions about it, not to, you know, overly educate them. But, yeah, it's, they, they're starting to get to it. It's great. And I think also, too, the atmosphere around wine, the conviviality of, of wine and the, the kind of uh, tone that it sets in, a, in a, an event situation is really welcoming for comedians. Comedians love to do great to there. They all love doing the gigs. And the reason why they do it is because the crowds are great. And the reason why the crowds are great everyone's a bit relaxed if you're having, you know, a glass of wine, not having 20 vodka Red Bulls. <laughs> so, you know, there's a bit of alchemy to it.
0: Yeah. Well, there is There is just something uh, like a deep breath when you just do get that glass of wine and you just go, oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, relaxing. Whereas, yeah, it's super relaxing. Um, now, also, you were recently travelling in New Zealand as well, right? So did, was that, yeah. that wine-related or was travel-related or a bit of both?
1: Actually, a bit of both. Yeah, I was over there, um, I was writing a column for um, Escape Mag on the, the uh, New Zealand, classic New Zealand wine trail. So I was there for a week and I travelled from Marlborough all the way up to Hawke's Bay. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do it was because um, I don't typically like uh, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. In fact, to the point where I often deride it heavily and I've referred to it as the perfect wine for people who can't smell gas.
2: <laughs>
1: um, I've also referred to it as liquid Ambi Pure. Um, <laughs> there's lots of pejorative terms I've given it yeah. because it's, I, I don't like it. Somebody last night actually tried to get me to have a glass of it, and I just, "I just can't." It just smells too much like passion fruit. Yeah. But I knew that if I went to New Zealand, because I have had examples before of really nice Sauvignon Blanc there that is not that passion fruit explosion. Um, and all, you know, the the, the over greeniness of it. Yes. And I um, I found some wonderful examples, some really beautiful examples of Sauvignon Blanc there and they, you know, they changed my mind and I knew they would. So it's, you know, it's a classic case of what we get here in Australia is very typical of what we want and what they will sell us. Whereas if you dig a little bit deeper, you can see some really fantastic examples of the grape.
0: Are you talking like your dog point section 94 stuff or different things to that? There's was, there was all sorts of stuff. There's some small producers. Um,
1: yeah. I like uh, uh, Um They had a beautiful Sauvignon Blanc. Um, some, some of it was a little bit, you know, skins a little skinsy or yeah. had a little bit of,
0: um,
1: you know, yeah, yeah, a little bit of, that's it, a little bit of barrel time or yeah. a little bit of gentle manipulation in some way. But there was one that I had from Cloudy Bay, and I reckon most people probably associate Cloudy Bay with the very typical style of Sauvignon Blanc that yeah. we'd be accustomed to. But they had one called the Tikoko, yes. which was absolutely beautiful. It mm. was mind blowing. It's more like a Sauvignon Blanc for you know, like a, a probably a Chardonnay drink. It was very that kind of Loire Valley uh, you know, um uh, fume kind of um, style. It was just a bit richer barrel yeah. and it was just beautiful. Yeah really
0: impressive. If you if you hand pick the Sauvignon Blanc and use wild yeast and put it into old oak barrels, then it's a totally different grape. Because, um, you know, great Sancerre, you know, Gerard Boulay's Sancerre yep. or Alphonse yep, yeah, Miller yeah. or something, they are just... And you pour it out for people and, and you go, yeah, this is Sauvignon Blanc. And they go, no, it's not. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. and Chablis, Chardonnay people, so... Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know. And I have this conversation. It's actually part of my show, hanging you know, hanging in it on people who uh, don't realise that Chablis is not actually a grape. <laughs> and it's <exactly laughs> just the type of... But yeah, it, it was yeah but like that sanser style is just absolutely lovely and and so much of it is down to the yeast you know yeah. like you mentioned Richard yeah. it was just like the yeast strains make a huge difference and if they're not you know inoculated and they're using wild yeast it's a very very different kettle of fish.
0: And did you find anything in Hawks Bay unexpected? Um, what did I have from Hawks Bay that I. Uh, I mean did you go I mean, to Tomata, for instance? They're incredible. Yeah, I went to Tomata, yeah. they're
1: brilliant. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tomata and Craigie Range, of yep. course. Um, but yeah, I mean there was uh, I went to Elephant Hill, which I I'm not oh, really I yeah. wasn't familiar with, and that was really quite good. I had some lovely Chardonnay there, a really nice example of Chardonnay there, and that's a coastal kind of um, region for, for the for the area. Yep. And what was interesting about going um, to Hawke's Bay is that you know, we we know that it was just in February this year that they got absolutely smashed oh,
0: yeah, hammered.
1: Um, what was interesting is that only about ten percent of the, the grapes uh, in the area, the, the under vine, were actually affected. There's some super carnage that you can see there, but also too, it's you could very easily get around that region and around Napier, and you would not actually see very much damage at all. When you see it, it's very very real, but it's not universal. That was what I yeah. found interesting is very like, you know, um, the big wineries like Craggy Range and Tomato, they absolutely fine there was there was no damage anywhere near them so some yes absolutely some people copped pretty badly um but it was not a universal spread
0: had you been to napier before
1: no never been there it's
0: cracking town isn't it
1: yeah it was great had a really good time it was nice to see it and it's you know all the beautiful art deco architecture yeah, it was terrific. So, for, really the, for,
0: for the listeners who haven't heard about it, Napier was basically destroyed by a, an earthquake in the early twentieth right. century, and then they rebuilt yeah. it, and of course, in the style of the time, which was an onion on my belt. No, which was which was having um, having it all Art Deco, which was grouse. So,
1: nineteen thirty-one, because the majority of the buildings, only a couple of buildings actually stood up, and they were you know made out of solid brick and reinforced concrete. So once it all got like literally just leveled in, it was only a very short period of time, like seven minutes or something, it just leveled the whole town. Yeah. Yeah, they completely rebuilt it in Art Deco style. And, and it's what's great is you can go and see some of the cellar doors and, and, you know, ginger stills and stuff like that, that are, are from that era. And they've got amazing Art Deco architecture.
2: Merrick, just a, a, a contentious one to, to wrap up on, and, and one for you as well, yeah. Rich. So I love, I love bringing it out at a, at a wine party or a dinner party. But... I am of the belief that Kiwis are making better Chardonnay. Like, the best of the Kiwi Chardonnays is better than the best Aussie Chardonnays.
0: Oh. <laughs> Them's fighting words. This is what I mean. It's a great one to...
2: It's a great one to... Like, oh, I'm, like, I'm talking Bell Hill, Pyramid Valley, like...
0: Pyramid Valley's pretty good. QMU oh, Matters yeah. Vineyard's very good. They're, ex- they're just yeah. on another level. Tomata Elston's very good. Uh, uh, yeah. On another level? I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're very good. Look... I, I, I think I think they are. I think they were they were the surprise package
1: for right. me. I was blown, I was blown away by how good some of the chardonnay was in New Zealand. Like really, I was to the point where you just go, "This is like." I think the impression is that it's a secondary grape in Australia. For, you know, for us, it's like oh, they do something on block and they do a bit of chardonnay. It's okay. Their chardonnay is as good as ours. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's uh, stylistically uh, very different when you're looking at you yeah. know something like uh, you know the the kind of melon and tropical flavours you're going to get from WA versus that kind of lean green green apple that you're going to get from Tassie. What they've got is beautifully well-ripened, well-rounded, very classical um, kind of Chardonnay that is very, very good quality.
0: We, we should have a Chardonnay off, Jordan, you and I. We, do can, a blind. We, we can do a blind and we can we can make it happen. We'll...
1: I'd love to be there. We'll... Bring me along.
0: All right, we'll invite you, Mez. Um, thank you very love much for, for coming Please on the we're... wine show on a Sunday morning, mate. Really appreciate it's it. Any time. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Just a quick
1: reminder to everybody: I'm actually a comedian for a living, but uh, <laughs> when I talk about wine, I can just be that boring. So thank you very much for everybody <laughs> no, for
0: indulging it's, me. That's uh, great, mate. Thanks for thanks for taking time out on the a bit. Sunday morning. See Good on you. Mate. See you, man. Good on you, lads. Okay. Uh, oh, great. Well, it looks like we're having a Chardonnay party with Merrick Watts coming up, mate. Worst ways to spend an afternoon.